allow me to state the obvious. There's a lot going on in the gospel. Then again, how could it be otherwise when someone is dying? There's always a lot going on when that's happening. Hope against hope that it won't happen. Grief and anger when it does. There's a well-known book written 50 years ago now by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross that talks about the five stages of grief. She wrote about those facing terminal diagnoses, but it pretty well covers the rest of us in the face of someone's dying. There's denial. We find that here. Well, if he's sleeping, he'll be all right. There's anger. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's for Martha. There's bargaining, also Martha. But I know even now that God will give you whatever you ask for. There's depression, now Mary speaking. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And acceptance. Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he's been dead four days. They don't always go in order, those feelings, and they can curl back on each other because when someone we love dies, well, as noted, there's a lot going on. But what struck me in this passage is not where Martha and Mary and their friends are in the swirl around Lazarus' death, but where Jesus is. It struck me because this is the only time in John's gospel where Jesus loses it, where Jesus falls apart. We don't think of Jesus that way, but it's right here. After his conversation with Martha, when Jesus sees Mary and their friends who came to mourn, weeping, the scripture says he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. That sounds like he was filled with compassion, and I'm sure he was. But it really means, if it was translated properly, that he was in anguish, the anguish that makes you groan audibly as you feel your insides twist. That kind of trouble. He asked where Lazarus' tomb is, and when they told him to come and see, he begins to cry. That, too, happens nowhere else and at no other time. He gets to the tomb, and again, that buckling anguish comes upon him. Of course, he calls Lazarus back into life. In John's Gospel, which has seven signs meant to reveal the truth of who Jesus is as the very Word of God and God's power over all things, this sign is the culmination, this raising of Lazarus. It will hasten Jesus' own death because it will so trouble the authorities but it also helps to point us towards Jesus' resurrection and our hope. But I think it's the anguish we need to focus on. There's a little phrase that occurs twice 
just twice in John's gospel. One time is here. When Jesus asks where they've laid Lazarus' body, Mary and the others say, come and see. Come and see. Straightforward enough, but it is then that Jesus' anguish flows into tears, more likely sobs. The other time, the setting is very different, with a quite different result. It comes in the very first chapter of this gospel, after John's marvelous and poetic opening, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. After John the Baptist has testified that Jesus is the Lamb of God, right then, two of John's followers decide to tag after Jesus, and Jesus asks, what are you looking for? They don't answer, but instead ask Jesus where he's staying. And Jesus says simply, come and see. Come and see. They do and stay with him for the day. That apparently is enough for the next day. One of them, Andrew, goes to find his brothers saying, we have found the Messiah and brings Simon Peter to Jesus. The two brothers become Jesus' first disciples. It's among the simplest and fastest conversions ever known. So the same words, come and see, that same invitation now offered to Jesus near the end of his ministry, and it's equally powerful. Through the other signs revealing who Jesus is, signs of healing and feeding, turning water into wine, Jesus has been illustrating the life God intends for us and his power, God's power, over all creation. Jesus knows, as we can read plainly in this story, that Lazarus is going to die. And Jesus knows, too, that he will then perform the greatest of the signs by raising him. But here, with that simple invitation, Jesus finds himself at the intersection of love and death. He has healed people before. He has even raised people. But Lazarus is someone he knows and loves. And Jesus' full humanity is suddenly on full display. He is crushed, as we are, when someone we love has died. Anguished, he weeps. Jesus has always known that his life will lead to the cross and to his death. But in the anguish over his friend's death, we finally see, we finally see revealed God's anguish over every life that is lost. There may be five stages of grief, but Jesus will not get, God will not get to acceptance. Death may hold sway for a time, but it cannot last. Not in the world that God intends, not in the kingdom God builds. Jesus' tears, that anguish, are God's no to death.
Jesus' disciples fear that going to Bethany will hasten Jesus' arrest. They are right. But having come and having seen and having faced his own grief, Jesus is fully ready to go to Calvary to meet death head on and then on Easter to vanquish it.